This is The Good List. I'm Tish Oxenreiter. This is a habit. I've had several iterations of what I would call a, quote, normal life. I've gone to an office for a full-time job here and there in the 25 years since I entered the work world at age 16, but that's been more the exception than the rule. My longer stints involve work that looks more like teaching English, either here in my home culture or abroad cross-culturally, working for nonprofits on the ground in developing countries, running a small digital business from home, working from home as a writer, and of course, parenting children, along with homeschooling them here and there. So most of my working career hasn't really been about the whole Monday through Friday, nine to five cubicle life. All these gigs have had vastly different perks, pros, and cons, but the one thing they all have in common, despite their loosey-goosiness, is this. I work much better in each of these environments when I create for myself a dependable routine. Nothing rock hard and immovable, because that never works for me either, but some semblance of a predictable flow to my day, where I create either themes to my days or a pattern of tasks and projects. This sort of self-imposed routine provides me some much-needed scaffolding to an otherwise wide-open day when I still have a long list of things to do, but without someone else dictating when and how I should do it. I've learned over the years that I just don't do so well when I assume I'll figure it out and fly by the seat of my pants every morning. I need a semblance of predictability to my often creative, almost always project-oriented work, many times when I'm my own boss. This routine changes frequently depending on my work and my stage of life, and it works best when I listen to what my life is telling me in the moment that it needs, as opposed to forcing it to fit an ideal schedule that doesn't actually take reality into account, which is why in this episode, I'm not here to tell you an ideal way to set up a daily routine. That's up to you and your situation. But if you're listening to this as it goes out in the world, you know that we're in the middle of a pandemic worldwide called coronavirus, and there's hardly a nook or cranny in the world that isn't affected by this. Our regular lives are on pause as we figure this out on a global scale. So our usual places of business, education, worship, and community are largely closed, and our rhythm of life that we may be accustomed to is one giant question mark. It feels really weird, doesn't it? I mean, in my lifetime, I can't remember a time when everything felt so unpredictable and unknown, not just a day at a time, but by the hour. It's hard to plan much of anything right now, right? And if you're like my family, plans have been flat out canceled. We had trips on the horizon. My daughter's musical was postponed to the end of the school year. And it's even hard to know what's on deck for the summer a few months from now. There's a certain solidarity to this unpredictability in that we're all in this weird boat. It's a very surreal moment we're living in right now. Well, it's this very unpredictability that forces me to lean all the more heavily into my self-imposed daily and weekly rhythm as best I can, of course, coupled with kids being home for the foreseeable future. And it's that rhythm to my days that provide a semblance of certainty in uncertain times. I'm grateful for it, and I highly recommend it for yourself if you find yourself suddenly working from home and you're not quite sure how to go about it. But there's one other thing I also recommend for your daily rhythm that has nothing to do with getting things done or being productive. And I recommend it even in, quote, normal life when we're not quarantined or practicing social distancing or otherwise going through a global pandemic. 
In fact, I've had this episode's topic on my editorial calendar for months now, so I recommend exploring what this habit looks like for you, even if you're listening to this long after the pandemic has hopefully passed. And it's the habit of incorporating a little something called a daily golden hour into your days. No matter where you work, what you do for a living, how you spend your free time, whether you have kids or how old you are. A daily golden hour is a little sliver of delight that can work infinitely different ways, no matter what kind of life you live. And while it's great during normal life, I can't help but realize how much more necessary it is right now when so many of us are having to self-impose a new rhythm and routine to our days in the midst of serious unpredictability. So what do I mean by a daily golden hour? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm here to tell you about it and why I think it's a great habit for you to incorporate into your life right after this short break. So hang tight. I'll be right back. Hey, listeners, did you know that most of us are in a continued state of dehydration and that dehydration can happen whether it's warm or cold outside and can be an underlying cause of many daily ailments like headaches or even make you more susceptible to jet lag and colds? Liquid IV has a quick, easy and healthy fix for staying hydrated no matter the time of year. You simply add their passion fruit, acai berry, or lemon lime pouches to 16 ounces of water to hydrate yourself two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Plus, you'll get the added bonus of vitamins C, B3, B6, and B12. The effectiveness of Liquid IV comes from their cellular transport technology found in their ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium that helps water and nutrients get into your bloodstream. And if you understood that last sentence, you're a genius, but where I notice the difference in benefits are after drinking liquid IV after my morning workouts to help restore my body and energy before heading into a full day's work. I still drink water regularly throughout the day, but liquid IV gives my body the boost it needs to get back to hydration, making the rest of my water intake even more efficient. And as for my husband, who's outside all day, he uses liquid IV to keep him going as he's easily depleted of necessary vitamins and minerals out in the Texas sun. Since switching from sports drinks to liquid IV, he gets the hydration he needs without the extra sugar, artificial flavors, and preservatives found in common sports drinks. And I'll also add here that liquid IV is also non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. You can find liquid IV at your local Costco and Whole Foods stores, or simply go to liquidiv.com and use the code GOODLIST to get 25% off at checkout. So for better hydration, that's liquidiv.com, promo code GOODLIST, and you'll get 25% off. So here's something for my fellow women listeners. We all know that the ingredients in the foods we eat and beauty products we use are important to our health. But the same goes for our feminine care products. The FDA, unfortunately, doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products, so most don't. This is why you need to know about Lola, a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners, all with complete transparency about the ingredients found in each of their products, including their cleansing wipes. With Lola, you can make your time of the month a little bit easier with a fully customizable subscription service. Simply choose your mix of products, quantities, absorbency, and frequency of delivery, which means no more mad dashes to the drug or grocery store. You also have total control to change, skip, or cancel at any time. And as I mentioned, Lola now offers cleansing wipes that are safe to use anywhere on the body. 
They're biodegradable, all-natural, gynecological-approved, and individually packaged for a midday refresh at home or on the go. I get my own Lola box delivered right to my front door quickly and discreetly, and the lineup of products they offer are great for both me and my teenage daughter. I know firsthand that their products work just as well as the other brands that have questionable ingredients. And in addition to the good Lolo products will do for you, with each purchase, they'll also donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. I really love this company. To check out all that Lola offers, including their more intimate hygiene products, and to get 30% off your first month subscription, visit mylola.com and enter the code THEGOODLIST. That's THEGOODLIST with no spaces when you subscribe. That's M-Y-L-O-L-A dot com and enter the promo code TheGoodList when you check out and you'll receive 30% off your first month subscription. All right, we're back. A daily golden hour. So what do I mean by that? Well, I first started exploring this idea in my own life when I started feeling burned out by my to-do list. As someone who's both self-employed and who works from home by myself, my work life can largely end up looking like little more than a long series of tasks day after day. Even as someone in a creative field like writing, podcasting, and coaching, I can start feeling the malaise of work that's ultimately broken down into that long series of tasks, email, making decisions, Slack, and stuff like that. Especially when it's all done via a screen virtually, it can really start to mess with my head and energy levels. So then I started thinking about Google's longstanding well-known policy of providing its employees with a set amount of time to work on their own projects and ideas. It's called their 20% policy. Basically, reportedly, Google allows and encourages their employees to spend 20% of their time exploring innovations and ideas that interest them, even if they're out of their job description or normal wheelhouse. This does two things. It increases employee satisfaction, and it's led to new ideas that otherwise might not have ever happened. So I wondered to myself, what would it look like if I imposed a 20% policy on myself? Sure, I'm technically my own boss, but the reality is I have an agenda I need to accomplish in order to be responsible and productive. Day after day of this, and I too can feel the need to spend even a little bit of my time doing something else, exploring some other interest. So I started calling this a golden hour, around one hour when I can do whatever I wanted in my work. Now, I'm not talking about rest, because that's a real thing, too, and that's essential to any good day for sure. I'm talking about work here, doing something, but without any agenda other than following my own interests. One hour is roughly 20% of a five-hour workday, so this isn't quite up to par with Google's 20% policy if I work a standard eight-hour day. Though for me, that's actually up in the air. There are days when I work 10 hours and other days when I work three. And I also don't have a daily golden hour every single day, as much as I'd like it. But it is something, and that's what matters. And I'd eventually like to work up to one daily golden hour per day. So what does this look like, and how could it look in your own life? Well, right now, an outsider could watch me work from home and never know I had a golden hour, because in reality, it doesn't often look that different than some of my other work. But it's all in the posture to how I approach this hour. Some days it's taking another course in masterclass, which I have an annual subscription to. Other days it looks like listening to a podcast or an audiobook to learn something completely new to me. 
And other times, it simply looks like going on a rabbit trail of research where, before I know it, I am immersed in articles about food in Elizabethan England, or what it's like to go to veterinary school, or the origin of the flag of various countries. It's all about letting go of the to-do list, which I've learned will always be there, and for just an hour, letting my mind explore and wander. Now, I personally like to get better at getting offline for this. I've been craving doing more with my hands, and in this season of social distancing, I think this will be all the more important as we depend on screens for connection with our coworkers, classmates, and peers. Getting dirt under our nails, relearning what it means to make something tangible and present, and just tinkering with stuff feels somehow sacred and necessary right now, doesn't it? I've had a paint-by-number kit that's had my name on it for a while, and I'm thinking of making more time for it as part of my own daily golden hour, just so I can think. So how is this different than just chill time, you might be asking? Well, they're a little bit of the same, but instead of the goal of relaxation, the purpose of a daily golden hour is to give yourself permission to move out of your lane and explore just for the sake of learning and feeling the experience of going off-road. It's a bit of non-sequitur to your day, a sliver of time that maybe doesn't completely make sense with the rest of your day. It's about letting you explore a side of you that doesn't always get tapped into, It's about remembering that we're about more than just one thing, the current work we do, the current roles we play. So if you're at home right now and you find yourself suddenly with an open slate to your day and you feel the need to build scaffolding to that day, great, go do that and create that rhythm so that you give yourself some much needed structure. But see if you can add to that a golden hour, a set amount of time to explore something new and different just for fun, just for your sanity. Perhaps that's a new craft you want to learn. Maybe it's learning a foreign language. There's tons of free tools on the internet for that. Maybe it's working through a cookbook to learn a new way of cooking or building something with some scraps you have lying around or teaching yourself something new via YouTube or an online course. It could be as simple as reading a book in a genre you don't normally read. Whatever it is, the key is to be intentional about it. Schedule it into your day or your week so that it happens. And so you remember you have permission to do this. It's not extra. It's not whenever you get your list checked off, because spoiler alert, you probably won't. And it's not only as a downtime treat when you, quote, deserve it. Consider a golden hour as part of your personal and professional development in the name of lifelong learning and being more than just one thing. Never before in human history have we had so many resources for this to happen. And even while we're currently social distancing, we can think of this as developing who we are as people for the greater collective good. So that when we do come back together in our gatherings and communities, we're a little bit more wholehearted. So let's put daily golden hours into our routines, guilt-free and full of passion and curiosity. Hi, Andrea. How are you? I'm, you know, good overall. Yeah, <laughs> hanging yeah. in there like a lot of people these past right, few weeks. Right, right. You're up in um, the whole Wisconsin area. Is everything closed for you? It is. Yeah. As of last week, um, our governor shut down all of our schools until I think April 6th. And then, um, yeah, businesses are increasingly closing down here too. Just today, all the libraries uh, closed yes. the next couple of weeks and some of the stores. So yeah, um, 
it's definitely different. I think probably people all over the country and the world can identify with yeah, some of the big changes think- I'm seeing here, but um I know. I bet most listeners are nodding in agreement. We've all had something similar happen in our communities. Yesterday, the kids and I went to the library. I really hemmed and hawed. Should we go? Should we not? We could just, you know, do digital. But I decided we're going to make a quick run to the library. We kind of ran through the scenario. You know, we're washing hands before we leave. We're going to wash hands when we get there. Just pick out books and don't touch your face. Don't touch, you know, things you don't need to touch. And then we're going to check out books and then leave. And then as soon as we get home, wash our hands again. Well, as we were there, they made an announcement um, to the public. We are closing three hours early. So basically, we're closing in one hour, and then we're closed for the foreseeable future. And in my mind, I was like, I am so glad we ran in when we did just did a quick last library run. We we checked out probably 40 books. I mean, we got so many books. (laughs) We're set. And I know one of my kids pointed out they didn't have a due date on the little receipt that oh, we get. Yeah. There's no due date. It's like, we don't know when to tell you when to turn in books because who knows when we'll be open. It's just very, very weird. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yesterday yeah. I had the same realization. Oh, I should have gone to the library and stocked up on books. And then I also realized this is probably the first time in my life that I'm grateful that I'm a really slow reader uh, because like, sure. the three books I have right now, they're probably going to last me a while. So yeah. Yeah. And I'm grateful that we have Kindles and e-readers right now. You know, I was grateful for them while we traveled extendedly. And then once we came back to normal life, it's like, no, back to paper. I love real books. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if anything, if they were made for any time, it was made for a time like this. So, yeah, yeah. God bless digital checkouts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, okay. So in all this, I think it's especially important that we do talk about what's good in our life right now. I think it's, it almost feels like, um, self-care turned up to 11 these days to remember the good things in our life. And so I'm grateful we're doing this episode and uh, the show. So I would love to hear from you right now in the midst of all of this, but even just in regular life, is there anything good in your life right now you want to recognize? Yeah, I was actually really grateful for the opportunity to reflect on this right now, because like you said, it's just really helpful to think of the good things and um, they're maybe not as naturally coming to mind these days. Um, So when I was thinking about my good list this week, one thing I decided that I'd really like to share is a habit that I've started lately. Um, And this actually started before uh, the coronavirus hit and the pandemic um, uh, was a part of the news, but Mm -hmm. um, I've started crafting again in my Mm. everyday life. And Part of the reason that this is significant for me is um, I used to be an editor at American Girl Magazine, as you know. Right. And one of the main parts of my job back then um, was creating and writing the craft-related content for the magazine. So um, my daily work life included a lot of crafting. I actually had a craft room at American Girl that was full of supplies. And I would spend a lot of my day just in there making things um, that I would later write about. And as this past year, as I've been freelancing full-time at home, I'm not writing or creating that sort of content anymore for my job. And I'm also, I haven't been doing it as a part of my hobby either. And just a couple of weeks ago, I realized that I really miss that in my Mm -hmm. life. Um, And I almost felt like my hands were just itching to make something tangible. Um, I think partly because I spend so much time in front of a computer working at a screen. Um, But one element to this that's made it more tricky for me um, is that in the past, I've really enjoyed embroidery and crochet and um, crafts that are a little more um, 
kind of like up close work. And that's, those activities have become tricky for me because of my vision over these oh. past couple of years. Uh, last March, so a year ago from right now, I had cataract surgery on one of my eyes. Um, so before that, my vision was blurry in that eye. And since then, somewhat unexpectedly to me, I lost my near vision in that eye. Um, Interesting. Would need reading glasses in just one eye. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to doing up close work like embroidery and, and things like that, it's a lot trickier for me mm-hmm. right now. Um, so I was on Pinterest a couple of weeks ago looking for alternatives. And of course, macrame has been around, well, probably since like the 70s, but yeah. uh, it's really had this kind of resurgence over, resurgence over the past couple of years, I think with all like the fiber arts and weaving and things like that we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. And I've never really paid attention to it until like two weeks ago, I saw a wall hanging someone had done and I thought, I think I could maybe do that with mm. you know, my eyes are um it seemed like it had really low startup costs because it's basically two supplies that you need to do it mm-hmm. um so i started doing it i went to the craft store this is before everything closed down um and i got a couple of wooden dowels and some craft cord and then i just went on youtube and started watching some tutorials and have started doing this um over the past week or so and then it's interesting because um now with everything being kind of topsy-turvy in the world, I feel like this activity of, of doing macrame has been kind of this nice um, meditative sort of thing that I can do. Right. That's really helped kind of ground and anchor me. Um, because it's basically, you know, taking this craft cord and you you learn a bunch of different knots and then you just make knots over and over in a pattern um, to make a wall hanging or uh, a plant hanger or whatever. So yeah, it's kind of unexpected for me that macrame is on my good list. But, sure. Um, <laughs> I well, didn't see that one coming, but um, it, I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I could see how it's almost, you know, yeah, it's macrame, but it's more than that. It's the habit of doing something with your hands, especially when things feel anxious. I don't know. That's to me what I'm yes. hearing from you more than the macrame mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's funny because I'm definitely a, a multitasker. Like if I'm doing any other activity, that's not writing, I'll often have a podcast or an audiobook playing or music. And I've thought about that when I sit down to, to do this type of crafting, but yesterday or last night when I was working on it, I had the realization, I really love that it's just quiet uh. right now. I'm not listening to an audiobook. I'm not listening to a podcast. I'm not even listening to music. It's just me focusing on tying these knots, which see, which seems boring. But once you start doing it, it's really not that sure. boring. No, so, that sounds lovely, um, actually. Yeah. 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 We don't get a lot of quiet in our minds these days. So to have something like that yeah. has been really helpful. It's weird. I mean, kind of as an aside, this past weekend, we were all home. And so I deep cleaned our bedroom, you know, it needed a really good deep clean. And I usually listen to an audiobook or podcast. And there was just something in me that didn't want that at the moment. Like I was just, I don't know, I just wanted to be more present. Uh, I think I tend to listen to those things as a way not so much to escape, but just to, to make the task, you know, palatable. And somehow I actually right. wanted to just be more present and fully engaged in the task as something as simple and kind of somewhat boring as cleaning our room. Um, and so I get that. That makes a lot of sense to me, especially right now. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. I love this um, 
this thing slash habit slash work of art that you've you've shared with us. Yeah, it's actually hitting more categories uh-huh. than one now that I think I about. really like it. Yeah, yeah. And it pairs well with what we've been talking about in this main episode. So I, I think it's really um, something a lot of us are feeling and a lot of us um, are craving this whole doing something with our hands, especially when we need to pair it well with less screen time during um, the media news onslaught where everything is changing every hour, you know, it's nice to have something manual and slow and analog and just kind of grounds us where we are. Yeah. If you like this podcast and any of the other work I do, like my writing online or my books, consider this an invitation to become a paying subscriber to books and crannies, my Substack newsletter and community. Every Friday I send out five quick things for free. So you may already get that letter. But when you upgrade for just a few dollars per month, you get access to weekly chats with me and other like-minded folks, as well as occasional stuff I don't share elsewhere. Longer form essays, thoughts on what I'm reading and writing, podcast episodes of The World at Home, and more. When you join, you're helping support my work, which is a vote with your dollars for a better, brighter, more positive internet, which benefits us all. And it also literally allows me to keep creating stuff for you and the general public, which I am super, super grateful for. So to join, head to fivequickthings.email and sign up for free, and then click the subscribe button to upgrade. Or if you already get my free weekly letter, click that subscribe button in my latest email to you. And thank you so much in advance. It really makes a huge difference. When I hang out online, I'm mostly on Twitter at Tish and sometimes on Instagram at Tish Oxenwriter. You can also find a transcript in the show notes of this episode, number 14, at thegoodlistshow.com. And I want to hear from you. I really do. Now more than ever, it's important to take stock of the good things in your life. So consider this a personal invitation to do that. Tell me in just a few minutes what one thing, work of art, idea, or habit is currently making your good list. Leave me a voicemail at 401-684-GOOD, which goes directly to voicemail, or simply record your voice and email the voice file, first stating your name and where you're from, and we may feature your voice here on the show. So for reminders on how to do all this, go to thegoodlistshow.com. Thanks so much to Andrea for sharing her current habit that's making her good list. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod, and thanks, as always, to Caroline Tassell and Kyle Oxenreiter for his help, as well as my furry intern, Jenny. I'm Tish Oxenreiter. Thanks for listening to The Good List.